0: Hello, I'm Clay Wallace, and I'd like to invite you on a tour of my hometown. Welcome to Any Old Place, a podcast of the Capital City Museum where we explore unique places in Frankfort, Kentucky, from the past and through the present. As I record this introduction, it's a cool fall weekend, a rainy day with temperatures in the mid 60s, a light breeze and the sort of overcast sky that masks what time it is. I'm parked in my car beside U.S. Route 127, where only a sparse few cars pass by, maybe a dozen every minute, if that. Route 127 is largely rural as it cuts through Kentucky, connecting small towns on its northward path from Tennessee at the Clinton-Pickett County line to Covington, where it continues on over the Ohio River. On a grander scale, 127 spans over 750 miles from Chattanooga, Tennessee to northern Michigan. From my vantage point in Frankfurt, though, I know it as one of the city's key roads. As it makes its way up from Anderson County into Franklin County, it becomes the main artery of Frankfurt's commercial west side, passing Franklin Square on one side and Walmart on the other. It then intersects with US 60, and they both take separate paths down to the valley cradling the capital. While 60 drops down quickly alongside a cliff, becoming Main Street, 127 takes a more leisurely curve as it becomes the West Frankfurt connector, After opening to a spectacular view of the northern half of downtown Frankfurt, 127 passes over a set of bridges and veers left, merging with Wilkinson Street to become Wilkinson Boulevard, which briefly runs parallel to the Kentucky River before continuing north, passing Buffalo Trace and Cove Spring Park on its way to Owen County. I'm at Cove Spring now, in the parking lot of the wetland area on the hillside where the road rises out of downtown's valley. The on and off drizzle means only a few others are out and about. It's a good day to spend in a cafe with a warm drink, or at home with a good book. Nowhere to be, nothing to do, no reason to take a meandering road from one little town to another. But I'd like to take you back to a busier time, earlier this summer, when this road became not only the means by which to get to Owenton or Lawrenceburg, but a destination in itself, Every year, from the first Thursday of August through the following Sunday, the fields and lots along 127 span populate with booths and tents as the road hosts the world's longest yard sale. So think of what follows as a brief summer vacation. These interviews were all gathered that first August weekend as I spoke with buyers and sellers spread out across Franklin County. I found I had the best luck approaching groups of people, and each group would inevitably, and enthusiastically, single out a speaker. Hello. Hello. Hi, ah. how are you all doing today? You're good, yeah, how are you? I'm good. I do a podcast with the Capital City Museum about places in Frankfurt, and this upcoming episode is gonna be about 127 and the 127 yard sale. Uh-huh. Would it be okay if I asked you some questions about selling at the yard sale?
1: <laughs> Ron I, I would probably do it, but
2: he's
1: I doing, doing do
2: it. his caterpillar
0: <laughs> thing. <throat> <throat> caterpillar thing, that sounds like fun.
1: Down in there, he just now left.
0: <laughs> I didn't hang around long enough to speak to Ron, but a couple of the folks under the tent agreed to chat with me. You come over here and you,
1: you do it too.
0: So what's your name?
1: My name's Joe Schaefer.
0: And what's your name? Cindy. And why is the 127 yard sale something that you participate in here?
1: Well, we like it because of the location. We've had yard sales in the past, and you get kind of mediocre turnout. But here, you just get uh, people from all over the place. And I don't care what you said out there, there's probably somebody that wants it. And that's why it's such a good place here and uh, we're related to the family that owns this place. And so we've, we've been out here, uh, I don't know. Two or three. We've Two missed three. the last couple of years, yeah. uh, but we've been out here four or five times in the past and we've always had real good luck.
0: Do you ever have conversations with the people who are here to shop?
1: Oh yeah, all the time.
0: Do they tell you about the other places that they've been? Do you find that people come from a long way away or that they're mostly local people?
1: Well, you get a mix of, of local, and out of town people, uh, I think a lot of the out of town people are probably other vendors that set up along the way. I mean, we've yard sale, we've actually shopped in the past and found places where people are from like Alabama, and they're from all over the place. They just, I guess, rent a spot in a local farm or something and and set it up.
0: Do you? Um, so you've been shopping before on the 127 oh, yeah. yard sale. Mm-hmm.
1: We usually venture out somewhere around 50 miles either direction from here, depending on how we feel.
0: (laughs) Have you ever found anything really cool that you keep in your memory?
1: Well, I've found some things. I used to collect, uh, or I like old uh, oil lamps, and I found a couple of uh, pretty old ones. One is a 1920s uh, Aladdin oil lamp, which they still make today, brand new, but the older ones are kind of neat and I was able to buy most of it and had to just put a few parts on it. In fact, I've used it a few times when we have power out. It just cool. gives off as much light as a 60-watt light bulb, so.
0: All right, that's awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for talking oh, to yeah.
3: me. Oh, no Thank you.
0: All right, good luck on, have you gotten a lot of people today?
3: Oh, yeah.
1: Tomorrow's going to be the big day. Yeah. Well, at least this is the first time we've ever done a uh, Friday. We all usually just set up on Saturday and I mean it's sometimes this place is just crawling with people. You just, you know, I mean there'll be cars everywhere and uh, but yeah we've had a pretty good day.
0: Mm. All right. How long do you plan to be set up today?
1: Probably uh, well I mean it goes until dark I guess yeah. so probably pretty close to dark. Seven, now eight, I know eight, on Saturday eight. a lot of times we usually pull out about <laughs> 6 o'clock because we've had about as much heat as we can stand. We, uh, tomorrow we'll probably be here about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. This morning we didn't get set up until about, about eight, and people are already looking through our stuff at eight
0: o'clock. Yeah, I, I was wondering what the best time would be to come by, and yesterday it was, I know it starts on Thursday, and it was so rainy, I didn't think anybody was gonna mm-hmm. be here. Yeah, I don't stop
1: people. But what else, I mean, what finds have we had in the past? you found a few things.
4: Mm, yeah.
1: Some old butter.
4: Yeah, I'm kinda Butter that.
1: molds. <laughs> We found a few butter molds that are, after they made butter in the churn, they'd pack it into this mold and she's collected a couple of those just for show pieces to match some of the ones she's found on her grandmother's farm. Mm -hmm. What gets me about what a lot of people today think is collectible is different than what I think of as collectible. I've always thought of the collectible things for me are what I call survivor things, things that have survived the test of time, that there's, they made thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of them, and there's only a few examples of them left. That's a collectible to me, where at one time we had people looking for like the Beanie Babies and stuff like that. They thought, oh, these are so collectible and stuff, and they can remake those at any time. But an old coffee grinder or like, say, the old uh, Nickel plated uh, Aladdin lamps that they haven't made in a long time. All of them are glass, now usually are brass. So those things just, you know, fascinate me. I mean, we got them, uh, that blue uh, whiskey decanter over there. We had a whole bunch of them, and we, I think that's the last one we got. And people have bought a lot of those. And it's, I guess they actually were sold. Like in the old days where you used to have jelly in a glass jar that you'd use to drink out of because it was had a pattern on it or something. That's what those were. They were my grandfather that had whiskey or something wine in it and he, he drank it or whatever and then just had them sitting around as decoration. And I guess people want to decorate with that stuff now still. But old license plates, they got old license plates. Where we sit, they sell a bunch of those people buy them for their antique car. For the, They want that license plate that has the year their antique car was made, or they just make lamps out of them. Silly things that a go for, you know, go crazy over.
0: I walked around the sale display with Joe.
1: It was probably, what, 30s or 40s? Jim Beam uh, the canter. Oh, wow. I mean, this last one, he got $12 on it. I think the first one we sold, it sold like 30 or $40. And... Uh, can't give that thing away. Do you think people would want a margarita maker?
0: <laughs> Margaritaville and everything. Yeah,
1: they still make them. That's fun. It's, they still make them, they're $350. See, it's got an ice uh, shaver up there. Shaves the ice, makes it like Hawaiian ice, and then dispenses it in the bottle, and then you first you put your mix in there, dispense your crushed ice. Of course, it's got a water to, thing to collect all of it. But we were making smoothies with it. We weren't making the margaritas, but eh, we got tired of them.
0: We walked past other tools and trinkets, sets of collectible figurines, old electronics, before we stopped at an old iron plow.
1: Now those are survivors. Stuff like that. Those are probably built in the 1800s, early 1900s sometime. Horse would pull them. Cindy's uh, dad actually plowed with those when he was a young boy.
0: Do you see people? Have you sold stuff like this here before? And does it well,
1: sell? Well, he just brought this stuff up. This first time I've ever, we've ever had any stuff like this from the farm. Uh, one of the barns on the farm blew down, so they were in there, and he said, well, "I'll see if I can get rid of them instead of just letting them sit out there and go to waste." But this is this one here is probably the oldest. Now they you got big tractors and pull plows, but you used to have a team of horses, two horses hooked up to that. So not only did you have to have to guide it with the handlebars, you'd have to drive the horses too. And a a long day of walking behind that thing. Can you imagine plowing an acre uh, 10 inches at a
3: time?
0: I said goodbye to Joe and Cindy and headed on up the road toward Owen County. It didn't take long to find the next yard sale sign, which pointed me down a side road a short distance out from 127. I drove up to the residence, a beautiful home which reminded me of a vacation lodge, and spoke with Helge, who stood with his wife beside tables of handmade knives, leather goods, and commemorative pens.
5: Well, you know, this is the only second time we've ever done that. And I've been here since Yeah, uh, I moved in in September of 84. I built this home.
0: It's a beautiful home.
5: Well, it takes a lot of work, and uh, but, we decided we were going to scale down because we're both getting older, and uh, kids are not interested in a lot of the stuff that we have. So, a good way to do it and try to recruit something from what we've collected over 40 years or longer. Um, and we're just, you know, selling it. We're not trying to make a killing; just something, you know, help somebody out. So.
0: So. I guess, uh, first, a question about your home. Um, is Was there a reason that you chose here to live?
5: Well, I originally lived in a subdivision on down the road. And we put our house up thinking that it wouldn't. S- my father-in-law, my first wife, who's deceased, uh, owned this whole area, and we he had sold this original 10 acres to a couple, and we ended up buying it, and then we got some more land from our father-in-law, and we built the house here because it was an elevated position, and you just saw better. We first thought about building down there close to where I built the machine shed, and of course all that's been sold, and we basically have just almost three acres here. Sorry. So.
0: So can you tell me a little bit about the stuff that you are selling today? Well,
5: a lot of it is pens that I've collected on places I've been. Um, And then some of the stuff is what I've accumulated in a lifetime of sports.
4: You know, hunting and
5: fishing, trap shooting, um, trapping, whatever, you know. And then of course there's some faith-oriented books that I've read and I, I was gonna give to people that ask about them. And then of course I make knives And uh, I haven't made any this year because, for one reason or another, I haven't had time. But a lot of stuff you buy. I'm a member of a sportsman club, a lifetime member, and I've bought stuff from other people because they were selling out, and I thought I might need it later, and I end up not using it, so I'm getting rid of it.
0: I asked Helgi to describe the assortment of pins.
5: I used to collect derby pins, uh, and of course, Sporting activities like, you know, something you put on your hat and there's like Elk Creek That was place. I used to shoot sporting clays at and then of course Anything that has a duck or a bird or something like that I I collect and then of course, you know Patriotic type stuff and then I've been a member of NRA for a lot of years National Rifle Association and then of course there's this was my mother's and it's I had other silver here, silver-plated stuff, and and, uh, um, the kids aren't interested in it, so we're just getting rid of it.
0: Will you tell me about the knives you've made?
6: Oh, it's
5: no big deal. It just takes a lot of time and effort. But uh, this one right here is a big knife I made, and I did the file work. Um, That's out of 1095. It's a really high-carbon steel. And then, of course, I've got other bo- knives that I've made over the years, as you can see. That one went to North Carolina. Of course, the lighting's not very good. And most of these knives have been given to people. And uh, some of them are really, really nice, and some of them are just average. And I, I kind of critique my own work. This is the one I made with the pastor's son one time and at the anvil, made it for him. And then this, this is what you call tiger, tiger McCarty, where you sand it and it uncovers another layer and it gives a lot of good contrast. That was the same knife that we looked at earlier. And then this is a desk I made for my grandson out of Poplar. But this is some of my early work and, and it shows a lot of mistakes. This is a better piece. Sometimes I make cleavers, sometimes I make... This, is, this was actually made out of a lawnmower blade. And there's a better picture of smoke.
4: That's a beautiful dog.
5: Oh yeah, he's... and here's a nice one. I did a little file work.
0: What do you find enjoyable or satisfying about making knives? It's
5: creativity, uh, starting with nothing. And have a, maybe an idea in your head about what you want something to look like. And, and then you start it, and then something makes a mistake, so then you got to change your game plan. And, you know... And that's, these are, this is just made from scrap. This is made from a horseshoe rasp. I six-pinned it. Six holes, epoxy, and this is what you call imitation uh, abalone. And this is... Uh, This knife here, this is 25-year-old cherry, piece another 1095. Feel how comfortable that is. Oh, wow. It's well-balanced. It
0: just fits right in your hand.
5: Yeah, you can, you know, you can maneuver that, like if you wanted to chop on a a butcher block or a cutting board, or if you wanted to slice, you know, or if you want to do some fine stuff. No, I did not make the sheath, the sheath was purchased from somewhere else.
0: Now, and it looks like you make a lot of variety of knives, like hunting knives and, and fish. Is that a fillet knife?
5: or? Right, well, this one right here I just purchased as a guy had knives. To I said, well, I'll use that for slicing stuff. I made a fillet knife out of a uh, saw blade that I plasma cutted, and then I used some curly maple for a handle.
0: Helgi said one of the things he appreciated most about the yard sale was the opportunity for hospitality.
5: <laughs> you know, the nice thing about it is you, you meet different people. And I have to say, uh, most of them, uh, we had a, a man come in here with his wife, and they had a band, eight kids. and uh, well, He didn't have eight with him. He had four with him. And, uh, my wife went and got him an ice cream cone, and I'm in mean ice cream. So As soon you know, as we, I came
0: over here, she asked if I wanted an iced tea or something.
5: Well, you know, it's just, we're, we're country people, and, and we try to... Uh, You know, treat people like we want to treat.
0: As I was on my way out, I spoke to one of the shoppers who'd also been a recipient of Helgi and his wife's hospitality. He introduced himself as Kevin and had just purchased a bird call.
7: I'm a picker for a living. I do this for a living. So I've been been on this for four days.
0: Wow, it only started yesterday, didn't it? Well,
7: normally I start the previous Saturday or Sunday. And uh, two years ago, I did it seven days in a row. I live in New Albany, Indiana, or south of New Albany and I went home every night, unloaded, went back out the next day and got another load and come back, I did that seven days in a row. So seven. Th- is this a good time of year for you? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I do a different stretch. Most people hit Frankfurt South, it's it's a lot more crowded and prices are a little bit different. And, and it's, it's a lot of quality stuff, but I'm looking to flip stuff. So I head north from here and I go all the way to Cincinnati and then I'll run this stretch over and over again. But I'm looking for mainly vintage stuff, antique stuff, and um, toys, advertisement, any of that kind of thing. But um, I find plenty of it. On the, I mean, I yard sell a lot. I do a lot of flea markets. I don't do stores because I can't buy and resell. So, and in most of my business, I, I've got booths in other stores, like vendors' villages and vendors' malls, and then I eBay. Cool,
0: Kevin told me he especially liked to stop at places like Helgi's home, just off the beaten path.
7: Most people are just hitting the, the, the 127, they're, not, they're on the highway, they don't get off the highway much. But when I get off the highway, like I've been here a half an hour now, she gives me an ice cream sandwich, you know, and I've, I've had some killer experiences this week, meeting people and just talking. I've had lunch given to me, fresh vegetables given to me, drinks, ice creams, you name it, and I don't even ask and I, I went I left the house one day this week and forgot my hat and I said some lady she says "How are you doing today?" I says "I'm roasting I forgot my hat at home." She goes, "Hold on, I got some extra hats here, so I'll give you a hat. She give me a hat, so I was good to go that day but no it's 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 more it, even though I do this for a living it's it's about the people I've met and the experiences and the stuff I get to see because I mean he just took me in his home. And showed me some of his personal collection. I mean, I'll never forget this this visit. So, yeah, it's 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 more to it than just a business. So,
0: what are so you mentioned the the Turkey call? call yep. What are some items that you've gotten that maybe you came in somewhere thinking that you might flip something? And have you ever brought something out that ended up being something you wanted to keep?
7: Oh yeah, I got it in the car. It's full of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah I, found, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, because I collect too. So, uh, but I mean, primarily 90% of everything I buy, I, re- I resell. But occasionally I'll find something that I want to keep. Like I found an old uh, Western bicycle today that's from my era, my childhood era. And then I'm probably going to end up keeping that. But then I just left the yard sale half hour ago, and a lady had, uh, she had a bunch of canes there. And I ended up buying a whole pile of them. I got a whole pile of them in the car. So they were a buck and a half a piece. They're old canes, hickory canes. And some of them had advertising on them. So then she's standing there, and she's in a separate room in her basement because she's right outside of her garage there. And she's talking to me, and I look in, and I see these jars on her shelf. And I says, oh, those are cool. And she goes, I probably ought to get rid of these. I said, I'd buy them from you right now if you want to sell them. So she drags them out and I end up buying both the jars. So yeah, I, I get I get invited in people's homes and garages and basements and next thing you know, I got a carload of stuff. But you know, it's, and they understand that, I, and I'm honest with them up front that I, I'm a reseller. So most of them understand. They just want the stuff out of the house.
0: So do you head back? I guess this is just a personal interest yeah. question. You head back home every night to unload every and then night, come back out?
7: Every day, done that four days in a row this week.
0: I've been down, I haven't actually been this week as far as Owen County, but I was, my fiance's dad lives in Mercer County. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people set up in Mercer County that they've marked, they've had to have the police put out signs to not park in the center of the median.
7: Yep, yep. I try to stay away from South, just because, well, it's hard to find, I mean, you can find some deals, but see, by now it's already picked over. So I'm done today. I won't come back out tomorrow.
0: So do you have to start early in the
7: morning or early in the week? Like this, like for me, we got bridge problems in in Louisville and I have to cross in Louisville. So I have to leave, like this morning I left at 5.30 a.m. to get across, to come over and be here in time for people to start opening up. So like this morning I started at the Owenton Glencoe exit off 71 and then I worked my way south to here. So then, every other day this week, I started in Frankfurt and ran all the way to Florence. And I did—I just—I just do loops. is basically what I do. Every day you got new yard sales, so I'd skip the ones I've already been to, and then I hit the ones I haven't. So there's a there's a little bit of a science to it, a little bit of math to it. So, yeah, I've got it pretty well down pat. I mean, I, I like to go south and see all the cool stuff, but. A lot of those booths look like an antique store just set up outside, and I, I can't buy to resell. So, But it's, it's still good stuff.
0: I headed back to 127, and it wasn't long before I spotted another sale. I parked and met William, who I asked to tell me about the pieces that caught my attention from the road, a stack of vintage Wendy's signs.
6: The Wendy's signs, my wife, she's a manager for the Wendy's. And when they get rid of stuff, I try to get cabbage on it and try to sell it. And that's how I ended up with the signs. It was, you know, that's how how I come about.
0: Do you sell at the 127 yard sale every year?
6: We try to. We try to. I haven't the last two years because I had to have open heart surgery, but I'm feeling better. I'm back at it. And we just do it because it's just part of history. And we love meeting different people from different parts of the state. And it's just fun a good time.
0: What's the furthest away that you've had people come in that they've told you they've been from?
6: Well, I had one from uh, St. Louis this morning. Come all the way from down there this morning. So uh, that's pretty much about as far as I've had. I've had some from Florida. Say they're from Florida. Uh just you know, pretty much, you know, the rest of it's pretty close. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Do you ever go out onto the yard sale oh, yourself?
6: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll sit down and I'll try to go out there <laughs> and find stuff that I like. Then sometimes I'll get a good deal or try to buy somebody else out. And bring their stuff back here and sell it.
0: What is your favorite thing today that you have for sale that you think is something worth paying attention to or have you already sold it?
6: Well I sold some guns. Some a couple of antique guns and that was, you know, something I like to sell in tools. I like to sell them tools. I like selling fishing equipment. That's my my thing. But I also like having something somebody may not have, you know. And a lot of times they think it's weird that a guy's got like, I got to glass dolls, you know. But people like them, so I, I try to, you don't know, have stuff that people ask about and want, uh, just, just different things.
0: Further on down, I pulled over at a gas station. This sort of spot seemed to be prime real estate for sellers, thanks to the ample parking and nearby convenience store. I chatted with a family sitting around a table. They were eating lunch and drinking lemonade under the tent. When I asked if I could interview them, they said I'd come to the right place. Setting up on 127 was a family tradition.
2: Uh, For real though, our mom and dad done this for 35 years. They owned their own business. It was called the Lost and Found Shop. And they were over here on Old Road. And then they bought a farm right on the Owen and Franklin County line. And they done it the remainder of the 35 years there. And out this of, a is, black barn.
0: out of a black barn. We grew up doing this. Yeah. yeah. Festivals and everything. So dad they love done it.
2: The 127 yard sale every year, mom and dad. Fairs, festivals, auctions, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, and because it was their business. So all through high school and middle school, they had us work really hard every weekend. And dad passed away six years ago and this is our first year doing it and actually setting up and selling. We go every year since he's passed away for him. To buy at, to buy, but this is our first year actually selling. And so this is uh in memory of Danny Joe Perry. So are you all three
0: sisters? We're twins and
4: mom and dad adopted her. <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> yeah, much. Much. We've been best for instance since high uh,
2: school. Yeah. Kindergarten Can, yeah. Peaks Mill Elementary School.
4: The Perry
0: family, adult sisters Scarlett and Savannah, plus their longtime friend Nikki, were celebrating more than just the yard sale. Along with them was a third generation seller, Paisley.
2: And this baby wanted to do this today on her birthday um, in memory of Pitbull. Happy birthday. That's a
0: really special tradition to get to keep alive for that. Yes. Oh yeah.
2: She's doing her farm raised sunflowers and homemade lemonade.
0: I asked if they'd set up in front of the BP station in the past.
2: No, the old Ointon Road uh, was considered, you know, part of the 127. And they done that for about 15 years. 15 years and then right on the Owen and Franklin County line, right on 127, the really remainder good. of the 35 years. Yeah. Yep.
0: Do you get a lot of people stop by at this spot? Is this a good spot for you all? I
2: worked here at BP and, um, done everything in the deli for 11 years and um, yeah this is the slowest it's ever been this year what we've seen i mean it used to be it used to be so busy Uh, i mean you couldn't even pull in you couldn't even pull in here i mean there was no parking there would be 40 people waiting in the line to use the bathroom good luck getting to a pump 20 to 30 people in line to get something out of the deli so hopefully tomorrow will be a better day
0: yeah. yeah, a lot of people are expecting it to pick up on. Yes, yeah. So when you are, so I guess, what are some special things that you think you've got here that are unique that
2: you're proud of being able to sell or you think are exciting? Daddy's derby glasses. Um, a lady stopped in a while ago and bought about uh, six pieces of antiques, of antiques uh, you know, that has been mom and dad's. It was an old uh, tea pitcher, a metal tea pitcher, an old wooden Pepsi crate, Um, two old picnic baskets. They were probably 60s, 70s. Um, What else was it? Did she buy a metal bucket?
0: So when you're shopping, what are the sorts of things that you're excited to find?
2: Only antiques when we buy. (laughs) Only antiques. Dumbos, Crocs. Butter churns. Old butter churns. Old oh, rolling pins, Old furniture. Pie safes. Mixing bowls. The dad sold it all. I mean, he sold uh, the old graniteware, the... What did he glassware. I mean, you name it, he had it at one point in time. he at one point in time, he had a oh, whole back end of the Carroll County flea market, plumb full of his stuff. Um, about seven booths in the antique, uh, mall in Madison, Indiana, right downtown.
4: And then Carrollton.
2: And then antique, uh, booth in Carrollton. He kept us busy. We, uh, we were raised to work. (laughs) We were just talking about it this morning. We would go and they would
4: put, we would, of course, ride to wherever we were setting up. Well, festival, fair, whatever. We would sleep that way there. Get up, help unload everything, set it all up, go back, lay down. We get would, up, pack it
2: all up. We would sleep in the dad had a big uh, pace trailer, a boxed enclosed trailer. trailer, and after we got everything unloaded, we would take our pillows, uh, and, blankets. pillows and blankets. We didn't have an air mattress. No, <laughs> it was and just pillows and blankets and cardboard, and we would lay on there and sleep for three or four I mean, hours. It didn't
4: matter if it was 100 degrees outside. We'd leave the doors open. And yep. <laughs> So, yeah. when you
0: are shoppers and you're looking for stuff on 127, what's kind of the span that you'll drive down uh, on the weekend when you're not selling?
8: Boynton is,
2: Boynton County has good stuff. We don't really go past Owen county. And
8: then, um,
2: Harrisburg, Harrisburg Danville. Zainville.
0: Yeah. Harrisburg's got it set, set up so big they have to put those signs yes. in the median so that yeah. You know. Yeah.
2: And it used to be that way up yeah. here. Once you come up the hill, it used to be that way all the way to Ointen. Yeah. And it's not no more. It's changed.
0: I asked if they'd had a chance to shop yet.
2: We wait until Sunday so we can get the deals. Yeah, (laughs) we get all the, so they don't have to pack it up, because we know how hard it is to pack it all up. And they're tired at this point. We will and deal until we get the price that we want.
0: (laughs) How much work, how much time did you all spend setting this, is
2: this all your setup? Uh, we're not done. There will be a lot more tomorrow. We had a flat on the truck. Oh no! So as soon as the truck gets fixed, there will be about six mission. more truckloads coming. Just to the end of those white tables. Yeah. It's really cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for your all time. You're I welcome. so appreciate it. You guys look like you were having so much fun in the shade.
2: <laughs> we are because we haven't done this together since we were in high school. Yeah. So we're having a ball.
4: Just get to spend time with each other. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you and so much.
0: You're welcome. A have people. a good day. You too.
2: A lot of people that ain't been friends, and we always pick up right where we left off. Always, so it's hard to find a friend that you stay with since elementary, elementary school. school. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I guess thousand. I don't have any other ones no. except you. <laughs>
4: exactly. <how laughs> I have.
2: Yeah, but this is in our blood. This day is definitely for Dad. We might decide to s- go shopping next year and not do this, but. Because we're ready to go shopping right now. Yeah. <laughs> we got some money burning a hole in our pocket.
0: Well, I've seen this year, so down on that side on Old Owenton, there's somebody selling old Wendy's signs and, like, the big ones they had in front of the store. And then on the other side of the street, they got somebody selling old KFC signs. Oh, my God. Dad oh it's- used
2: to have the old gas pump signs. Yeah. Shell, Valvoline. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, big, big all gas and john deere and massey ferguson i remember i mean oh my god do you all remember
4: the year that um we helped set up and we helped sell and we helped
2: bag everybody's stuff that they bought whatever they bought me a Mm ferret we were in Gratz, or no we were no we were in Meat. i mean we went all over i mean springfield ohio mount (laughs) sterling (laughs) We literally, literally, Mm -hmm. Mm boxed and loaded and unloaded all of the antiques, the new stuff, new uh, tools, pressure washer, bow front china cabinets, cabinets. but then also antiques every weekend. So every weekend, every weekend. Was
0: this uh, the 127 yard sale? Does it? is there another one that it compares to that you've all been at or is it different in some way from the others
4: those are mainly just festivals yeah There's the
2: 127 like yard sale was just once a year but yeah. it used to last two weeks instead of the oh yeah know, dad, two, dad would do it for two straight weeks every single day every day and then
4: and then it stopped
2: i don't know probably we were probably in our 20s yeah, um, we went to and we went to Fort thursday Sometimes Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yeah. and that was it. And then it got to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All right. But we're probably going to pack this up early tomorrow so we can celebrate. Dad made sure that we, our kids had something to do with this 127-yard sale. That's how much it meant to him. So, us being twins, I had we had first our born firstborn children.
4: On August 4th
2: on the day of the 127 <laughs> yeah. That's how much this meant to dad.
0: <laughs> I left the BP lot and got back on the main road, but the garage sale signs led me back onto another detour. This one was a true garage sale, so you'll hear the echo of fans against metal walls rather than the cars driving by.
9: Oh, How are you doing, dear?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing today?
9: absolutely marvelous.
0: I'm with the Capital City Museum and I do a series about places in Frankfort and Franklin County and this week we are recording for an episode about the 127, 127 yard,
9: sale. yard sale. Yes ma'am.
0: And if you've got any time to talk I'd love to get to chat time, with you about you talk, what you have. Yeah. So what is your name?
9: Larry Perkins. I'm on the school board working for the state. Been a master's.
0: We took a break mid-introduction. Despite being about a half mile out from 127, Larry had a steady stream of shoppers visiting, and I didn't want to cost him any sales. When I had a chance to speak with him again, I asked him if he'd participated in the yard sale in the past.
9: I did it for about 20 years, but then after my mom and my son all died, uh, uh, I just didn't do it no more. I kinda, you know, just, that was a family, We did it as a family, everybody would get out here, we'd have a big time. It was just a a way to get rid of stuff, plus have, you know, it was kind of like a family get together. And so we did it and then after that, I just kind of hadn't done it in years. And uh, so this year I decided I was gonna do it. I was just gonna take the whole week off and I started cleaning out attics, cleaning out stuff. Uh, I've seen a lot of folks throughout the years, you know, they get, Parent or somebody dies and they sell stuff for nothing, almost just give it away, throw it away or whatever. And I thought I'm gonna clean my attics out, clean my closets out, consolidate, get down to very minimum. And so my daughter brought some stuff, uh, uh, and a friend of hers brought some stuff. And so it's it's been a. She came out this morning after she got off with the hospital. Uh, she came out and stayed with me for three or four hours, but I've been pretty much by myself uh, uh, Since Thursday, I started it on Thursday, and I, I don't know whether I'll go through Sunday or not, but I'll I know I'm going through Saturday night And I'll reevaluate as people come through a lot of times people on Sundays, I call them. they the desperate shoppers. They go to try to they haven't bought anything yet So they start buying, you know, they'll come through and it'll be more locals Uh, What I enjoy about this, this, I meet people from all over the United States. Uh, Today, I've had people from Colorado. I've had people from Wisconsin. People from, uh, uh, let's see, what was the other one? Uh, Not Nevada. Arizona, Arizona. I've had people from, uh, a lot from West Virginia, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Michigan, uh, a lot from Alabama. So I've I've met people from all over the world. I mean, all over the country. I have had this in years. People came from England over here, and just traveled all the way through, and they would buy all kinds of stuff and then ship it back. You know, they'd buy you know uh, and a lot of antique stuff is what they was usually looking for. But it's funny how yard sales is. The stuff you think would sell ain't selling. But I had an old boat oar that I was going to throw in the garbage. It was rotted off on the end. I set it over there. Guy asked me, he said, man, what do you take for it? I said, $2. He gave me $2 and I was going to throw it away. And it was just an old bow door, an old wooden bow door that was kind of rotted. It split down the middle, just, but he wanted it for some reason. But that's kind of the way these yard sales are. People are looking for certain things. We have a lot of them are coming in. They're looking for guns or knives or jewelry or, glass they're looking for a specific thing but then you have a lot of them just come through and it's since Thursday it's been a constant flow Uh, I I mean like I said it's yesterday we had rain for two or three hours so people would come and stay for a while because it was raining so that helped a lot
0: so in the past um, when you've done these sales before and they were kind of a family affair was this where they were
9: yes this yep. is a great
0: spot for that.
9: Well, we had it. Now, one time, uh, I had a gentleman was down here at the Owen County line, and he his place was right on the main, so we used to do it in his garage. Then, uh, uh, after the road came through, we kind of messed it all up. So, I thought, well, I'm going to try it up here. You know, so about for the last, probably last 20 years, 25 years, we uh, come up here, and I've had just as much. Traffic as I would off the road, you know, right on the road. Uh, one thing I like is you know having it in the garage uh, if rain don't affect me. Where a lot of people go out and try to set up on a roadway, it's just difficult.
0: I chatted with some of the folks at Larry's place. One of them, Noah from Owenton, was the rare shopper who came to the sale with a particular item in mind.
10: I'm going from Owenton to Frankfurt looking for stuff for the 127. I'm actually looking for mainly sports cards and collectibles. I own a business called Pack Plugs Cards and Collectibles and looking for some new stock.
0: Have you found anything good today or yesterday?
10: Not today. It's been kind of a slower day, but yesterday I found I found a lot. I bought about 5000 cards, so hopefully going to get some good new stuff to stock the store.
0: Do people who are selling cards like that typically know the value of the things that they're selling?
10: Not at all. Unfortunately, Usually you'd think you don't want people to know the value, but when people don't know the value, they tend to overestimate, especially with cards, because obviously it's overhyped, and there are a lot of cards that have errors, and people will look at those, and they'll think that they're worth way more than they actually are just by the recent sales. So a lot of people are wanting way too much, but I try, to, I try not to be rude, but I try to let them know so they don't get their hopes up too much, but a lot of people have been really reasonable, and they're willing to come down and give reasonable prices.
0: As I got back in my car, I found myself agreeing with Kevin and Larry, Some of the best spots did seem to be away from the main road, so I allowed myself to drive a little further out. This time, when I got out of my car, the road noise was completely gone, replaced with birdsong and wind chimes as I introduced myself to Linda, one of the four women sitting under a tree where several tables of goods were spread out.
4: Three sisters and a niece, and we've set up for the 127 sale. Uh, we are usually customers at other people's sales, but we decided to go for it this year and do one ourselves. Is this your first year? Uh, first year in a long time, yes. We've done it before, but, but it's been a long, long time. So we've had a steady a st- tr- a stream of traffic, really nice people, and they love our shade. <laughs> we, we've gotten more compliments on the tree and the shade than anything today, and so that's helped them to hang around a little while and buy so anyway, but uh, we have quite a few uh, books for gardening, anyone that's a gardener. Uh, we have some old books that uh, some of them are, are very old um, and just a few nice pieces. Most of it is we've had sold a lot of toys today and seems like uh, the children are coming by and really enjoying seeing the toys. Uh, we, the oldest piece we have is the old cream separator uh, which we've had a lot of interest in, people just wanting to know what it is, you know. So, uh, but no, we've just had a great day and enjoyed the cool breeze under these trees. The temperature difference
0: between here and say like in front of the BP is significant. Could you
4: actually describe the cream separator? Deb, that's yours. Well, they, people used to, that milk, that had dairy, uh, they would put the, the they would milk and they would put everything in here, and then you turn the crank, and it would separate the cream from the milk. And then my granddaddy actually sold cream and sold milk. So this wasn't his, but but anyway, that's kind of the process.
0: I asked Linda what she typically looked forward to finding when she went shopping at the 127-yard sale.
4: I generally am looking for glassware because I just just like pretty pieces of glassware and books. I buy a lot of books. Music, if I can find it, which is not because I play piano and organ. So when I can find some nice pieces of music, I buy that. But uh, but we've had people buying toys. We've sold a world of toys this year and uh, not so much the glassware, which has kind of been a surprise to
0: us. After I left Linda's place, I pulled into a grassy lot, which had been packed dense with an assortment of trucks, tents, and tables. I sat down next to a man who promptly offered me a handful of cherry tomatoes from a bucket sitting at his feet. I'll spare you the chewing noises, but I listened and snacked as he told me about the three pots of tomato plants around his house.
8: Two of them is red and one of them is yellow, as you can tell. And we picked that bucket full off of them three plants this morning, and that is about the 10th time we've picked them.
0: Wow. Three plants. That's awesome.
8: Yes, it is.
0: So do you, actually first, what's your name?
8: Donald Smith.
0: And, do you, and are you from Frankfurt? Oh, yes. And how, uh, is this the first time you've set up for the 127-yard sale, or is this a regular thing you do?
8: Pretty much annual thing. We've, we've done this for 10 years or so.
0: Is it something that you do by yourself or do you go in with other family members or friends and?
8: That when coming there in the white, that's my wife. And the other one's my daughter. That wife, me and her does this together. And my daughter, she just comes out and brings her, brings my grandson sitting there and hittles with us.
0: So what are the sorts of things that you're selling?
8: Anything and everything.
0: Is there anything that you're particular, you were particularly excited about selling or having available?
8: No, it's it's just all a hodgepodge. You name it, whatever I come up with, that's what I sell.
0: Do you ever go to the the other yard sales to pick up stuff or do you just just solely sell during the 127?
8: I go to every yard sale I come to just about. (laughs) Well I do!
0: Now when you're going to a yard sale is there anything in particular you're looking for?
8: No, i buy just anything and everything, whatever catches my eye.
0: I love the cast iron, that's fun.
8: Them are my sisters. She cooked out of just about every one of them. She had all of them. you see some more out there on that other table. And she had more and she's done sold. She had every one of them in her cabinets that she cooked out of, and then she's got more at home.
0: So they're all pre-seasoned.
8: <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs>
0: I thanked Donald for his tomatoes and got back on 127. There's a lot of Franklin County north of Frankfurt, but I didn't want to ignore the sliver of the county south of the city, so I swung around to head toward Lawrenceburg. There were fewer places to shop in this direction, likely because Mercer County, only 30 minutes away on the other side of Anderson County, was such a popular hotspot to set up. I pulled into what seemed to be the busiest spot south of Frankfurt, the parking lot of New Harvest Church, it was later in the day, so sales were starting to wind down when I spoke with Annette, who described the sorts of things she was selling at her booth.
4: I have a lot of
0: home goods, clothes, um, that kind of stuff, a few little antique things. That's about it. Do you ever participate in the yard sale as a person shopping? Absolutely. I think sometimes I spend just as much money shopping as I do making money. What sort of things do you look for when you're at the 127 yard sale?
7: I am a big McCoy glass person, and I like the clear etched glass,
0: um, and just odds and ends that are different. Though Annette lives in Lawrenceburg, she chose to set up shop in Franklin County because she attends church here. I spoke with the pastor, who told me more about the decision to open up spaces for yard sale sellers.
3: My name is Scott Bowman from New Harvest Assembly of God. We're one mile south of I-64, 127 south. So we inherited this property, we purchased this property, and during that time, they always did the 127 yard sale. So for about the last uh, seven or eight years, we've done this uh, based on raising money for missions purposefully. So every, dime basically that comes in for all vendor sales all I mean I'm sorry vendor usage of the lots all of the um, you know minus everything that we provide like the restrooms and things like that all of it goes to missions and outreach um, much of that which I'll actually stay in our Frankfurt Lawrenceburg community and go back to people uh, here in this area so
0: that is awesome about how many people have you had have booths over this weekend?
3: Yeah, so this is a major yard sale stop on the list of 127 yard sale stops, and so we're about 30 vendors here uh, this this week um, on the property, so and it, the number fluctuates a little bit, but usually on the higher end. So,
0: so how many other years have you done this?
3: Um, this church has done this since 2008. New Harvest has done this since 2008. Westside Christian Center before us did it, I think, all the way back to like 2000 or 2001.
0: I headed out while sellers packed away their booths for the evening. It really did seem to be a family event. People of all ages helped to load trucks and tuck blankets over top tables. It makes sense that it would be multi-generational. The tradition started in 1987, 36 years ago, when Mike Walker, the Fintress County Executive in Jamestown, Tennessee, originally pitched the event. Walker intended for the sale to revitalize the rural area around 127, diverting traffic away from the interstate and onto scenic routes and the small towns spread along them. Today, it continues to give people a reason to wander off the beaten path. I'm glad that I did. I offer my thanks to my guests, Cindy, Joe, Helgi, Kevin, William, Scarlett, Savannah, Nikki. Paisley, Larry, Noah, Linda, Deb, Donald, Annette, and Scott. Thank you to the Capital City Museum for providing constant support, to the city of Frankfurt for making this production possible, and to you, listener, for sharing your time here with me. Any Old Place acknowledges the long history of life in the land we now know as Frankfurt, Kentucky, which has been home to Cherokee, Osage, Yuchi, and Shawnee peoples. Any Old Place is a production of the Capital City Museum in Frankfort, Kentucky. To learn more about the Capital City Museum, visit capitalcitymuseum.com or come visit Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. This program has been recorded, edited, and produced by me, Clay Wallace. I offer it to you, listener, with the belief that story grounds you in both space and time and with the hope that it inspires you to befriend the world around you. You can find something worth tending in any old place.